Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by Bonnie and Leah talking about our one cool thing. Leah already talked about fibroids. And Bonnie shared with us a recent book she read about all the ways women have contributed to building up the internet. Um, But before we dive back into all these cool things to discuss, let us get to know something random about our gal pals. I want to know, what are some small things that make your day better? There's a lot of small things that do make my day better. And I think it changes on a daily basis. Oh, I know what the surefire thing is. It's a awesome uh, random song. So whether it's in a commercial or whether it's just like on the radio or something like that, um, when that one song that comes on that either you know and you love and you sing to, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, Anything by Electric Light Orchestra. No. Um, Or just like a song that like maybe you've never heard before and you're like, this song just makes me feel good. Like that will totally change um, the the whole day for me and make Mm -hmm. it much, much better. Even if it's a sad, sad song that's like, that is totally representing me as a person right now. You (laughs) so get me, random song. Like I'll still feel better after that. Um, it's kind of like, I feel like it's had a moment. Yeah. And it almost feels yeah. like it's fate or serendipitous. Like you need this song right now and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll say a random song. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Bonnie? Uh, <laughs> lately it's been candy. Oh, I've been yelled at to her like, uh, nice. showed up at Trey's house and I had a, I forget. I went into CVS for something. I came out with like six things of candy. Well, it's Easter time. I and mean, he, the Easter candy is real. <laughs> and he was like, why do you always have candy? <laughs> because I don't own a van and I can't go. I got some candy in my van. <laughs> candy. Um, I always get into my, like when I get home from work, it's straight into the pajamas. Sweet that yes. always makes everything feel better. Yes. See. Mm-hmm. Like, What is your go-to candy right now? I like that, like the fruit flavor candy. Like I stocked yes. up. They had the after Easter sale. I stocked up on the Starburst jelly beans. Those are so good. No, no, no. Mm, we, yeah. Do you get all the flavors or do you get the flavor reds? Uh, I got all of them. And then yeah. before Easter and like February, they had ones that were, they were like two and one, but that's oh. the only time I've seen those. Interesting. But I normally get the, the regular ones and there's no black licorice. Yes. And they have grape instead. And they're delicious. They're very, very good. <laughs> I do like those. I like those better than the Brocks. Yes. Yeah. And I don't like them as much as Jelly Bellies, but Jelly Bellies are freaking expensive. Mm. Like more expensive than they really kind of need to be sometimes. Unless, of course, clearance. Yes. I don't really like Jelly Beans. Really? I'll, I'll whisper that. <laughs> it's okay. I think the only reason why I'm, I'm not super fan 99, so I'll yeah. go super fan 66. <laughs> thought you were going to say 69. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about it. But then I was also thinking, what is half of uh, 99? And for some reason, my brain went, nope, we're not doing math. Margaritas. Anyway. uh, But uh, when I lived in California, we lived like 20 minutes from the jelly bean factory that Mm. did uh, tours and stuff like that. So I don't know. When it's in your town and you're kind of in a little out of nowhere's uh, California town, you kind of get proud of Jelly Bellies. But uh, still, 
overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just like all the fruit. Like there's been like a runts shortage. Oh. Like I can't get the runts in the box anymore. Oh, you can still okay. get them at like candy stores. Right. Like you get the the big bin of runts. I can't find like the runts in a box anymore. Yeah, they've been doing less and less of the boxes. Josh has a Maltesers, which comes in a box. It's the British Whoppers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he likes those better. And so that's how I'm always looking at the box. So when I'm looking for Maltesers in boxes, we'll see if I find any runs. Yeah. And then like the like the fruit slices are always good. Yes. Like I'm really into the artificial fruit flavor. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I don't think grape actually tastes like grape. Yeah, none of them taste like it. Spoilers. And then like they always have... It's always green apple instead of lime anymore. They never have lime. Oh, yeah, that's true. I haven't seen that in a while, actually. Unless it's like a sour, um, you know, like Sour Patch Kids or Sour Variety. Mm -hmm. Then I'll Mm -hmm. see limes. But Mm -hmm. I see it in chips now. Mm -hmm. Totally different than a sweet. Katie, what is yours? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How the question turns on Not fruit-flavored candy. (laughs) No. Um, Sugar. Actually, (laughs) food is always a given. Right. (laughs) But... I find myself kind of shocked by my answer to this. See? Because we just talked about how I want virtual hugs, not real hugs. True. But I have my core people that live at my house. And I was thinking about those little things. And one of them is when I get home at the end of the day and see my dog, Otto. Yes. He wants to give me hugs and mouth kisses. (laughs) And that's a little thing that that makes me (laughs) feel good. And then, of course, since I mentioned the dog, I have to say cuddles from my son. But yes, for real, it's pretty nice. So or just hearing his perspective on his day is like a little thing that delights me because he always Mm -hmm. has some way he's interpreted something during the day that is just so unique unique to him. And I I love hearing that perspective. Um, And then one thing that kind of just finishes my day really well is that... um, my fiance. Oh, you are newly fiance. I've been fiance. I know. I think engaged is the word, but for some odd reason. I kind of like fiance better. I, I feel like that should be on a stamp. I think right. so. Fiance. Bang. Yeah, it does feel kind of official and slightly violent. I've been fiance. As it sh- Wait, no, that's not right. Yeah. Um, but congratulations. Thank you very much. Um, but one very small thing he does that always makes my day is he will make the bed so it might not be first thing in the morning but like if I'm brushing my teeth and he's putting the dog to bed then he'll make up the bed so every time I walk into the room ready to get snuggled into bed and fall asleep it's always like neat and orderly and it's kind of a big thing with me I don't I can't it's got to be together and neat and orderly for me to get into it and be ready for my sleep so just a little my anal retentiveness but i like it though so but it's, it's a shared sweet. space that you guys yeah. have and it's a comfort for you it so is. it's like oh that's very sweet so my family is kind of my source of my little things but Aww, i like it kind of makes me be. sound like a traditionalist which boop 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 that's not the sound i meant it's hard there you go that sounds better we're like an announcement on an airplane excuse me beep 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 we're gonna announce my topic now exactly we should get sound effects for the show we have yet to have them and now we just cover that up (laughs) my point being i feel like my answers are a little traditionalist and i went traditionalist with my topic 
Um, because Gals Guide, it is journalism month. It is. So I thought I'm going to take the topic and see what I see. I like it. Just see. Google it. Journalism and women. Women in journalism. Top. Yep. I just got to see what I got to see because it made me realize I know so very little. Right. Like that tip Mm -hmm. of the iceberg Mm -hmm. to what is out there and what women have contributed. Yeah. So I'm going to present to you guys a name I truly and honestly do not ever remember hearing until last night. Ah, very nice. Yes. And that is Helen Thomas. And I know there, there, you see, I've never been good at sound effects, but I know Leah that you were familiar with Helen Thomas, and I was mostly familiar with her face. It wasn't you said her, and I'm like going, I feel like I should know this lady. I feel like I should, Uh, because you sent me a quote, and I'm like, I feel like I should know this quote. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I googled her, and I went, I know that face. I know her from a movie, though. <laughs> Dave. The movie Dave. Do you, did you ever see the movie Dave with no. Kevin, uh, Kevin Klein? Um, so the president has a heart attack, and they need to cover it over. And Dave is a lookalike who pretends to be the president. So they hire him to pretend to be the president, and his name is Dave. And she's part of the press corps. That is, She plays herself. Right, which is Dave. really... Yeah. what she did <laughs> have you heard of her before bonnie no no and okay. i just added a whole bunch of books to the wish list on journalism month i thought i don't think i have her and you didn't see oh because she's written, she's written like okay. six or eight books really? i i highlighted it in my research but yeah she has a, a quite a vast amount of books that she has authored um because yes her her story is starting as a print journalist um doing a lot of like women's focused articles, oh. society type pieces, covering Washington celebrities, kind of the oh, did she really feature. Start there? That's oh. exactly where she started. Cause actually it, it kind of feels like there weren't in, in print or in, um, what, what do you call it? The TV journalism? Yeah, Film? broadcast Broadcast journalism. Yeah, yeah. There's the word. <laughs> broadcast journalism. There weren't a lot of women given serious assignments and roles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Fair you can find a time. lot of pioneers in, in journalism, and I didn't research every single one, so I'm sure there's going to be an exception. Yeah. But a lot of them were very much like... far between until right, the 70s. Women, yeah. Women's um, society type gossip pieces or just yeah the weather right, right. the weather the girl pieces. i had to think of anchorman when i was reading that last night right. too. <laughs> a woman on the news right. <laughs> no um but helen thomas was actually considered the first lady of um of journalism but not like she was the first one when i first read that i was confused right. but um she because she covered um the white house press corps she corpse corpse core corpse oh is that what they were called okay i don't know the white house news corp um because she covered that um and she did it for so long she covered from kennedy to two years into the obama administration that is how long she was there nice that's an amazing covering the white house press press correspondence yeah That is yeah. before I was born. <laughs> right. Right. So because of that, she became like the first lady as in, mm-hmm. you know, the White House first lady mm-hmm. of journalism. She's always there. And for a long period of time, she was actually given an assigned seat in the front row. Oh, 
which was not a thing that was done, but just because of the love of respect people had for her and her longevity, it was given to her. And for a very long period of time, um, she was also kind of uh, honored, gifted by being able to ask the first question at these events. So that ended, though, when she was quite critical of... um, George Bush Jr. <laughs> I think we're all quite critical yeah, of George Bush she Jr. She was maybe not so <laughs> she got tolerant naughty list. <laughs> and got seated in the back of the room oh. after that. But she made her way up front for Obama. Um, her her political ideology was very liberal. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I think she expressed that because she did not shy away from the hard questions. Yeah. I saw many interactions they described of her with people where people were like, she asks mean questions. She's like, no, I don't ask mean questions. I ask serious, direct questions that need to be answered. Mm-hmm. She definitely had a reputation of being like a bulldog, assertive, direct. Um, I think she described herself as shooting straight from the hip. Yeah. So. I think she just asked the questions that people didn't want to answer. And sometimes right. when, you know, you're confronted with something you don't want to do, it's like, you're mean. No, you just don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. deal with it. <laughs> right. And so just to give you a little bit of her background, it's really impressive that her career, because um, she worked well into her 80s. Wow. And unfortunately ended in scandal. which we'll cover in a little bit. But let's start at the beginning first. (laughs) Um, She was actually uh, born here in the United States by parents that immigrated from Lebanon. Oh, nice. Um, And so neither of them could read or write. Oh, wow. So, and she made, you know, her, her such a long career out of print journalism, writing. She went to college and neither of her parents could read or write. And she was one out of nine kids. Oh, my goodness. So she's definitely somebody that just saw her goal and her calling and went for it. Nice. Overachiever. I do love that. (laughs) You know, she made me think of RBG. Yeah. Because both of them were, like, working and going and advocating till the very end. And I'm like, like, I'm 35 and I fantasize about (laughs) when I can retire and not care about anything. And both of them are, like, never retired. They have that passion. They're working through to the end. Um. So she did cover those social things in Washington once she finished college. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she, she started to cover assignments in the United States Department of Justice. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of her first taste of a real assignment. Um, and in my research, I really liked this. Guess what age she was when she first got her taste of that, like, Ooh. real assignment, not fluff. I want to say 35. Did you cheat? No, I didn't. No. <laughs> you were just talking about how you were 35 and right? were wishing you still had the energy. And I'm like, I wonder if it's the same 35. age as you. Yeah. Is well, it? I mean, she always had the energy and yes, drive, so just maybe did. not yes. the opportunities. But it's the opportunity. But yeah, but to, like, I, hear, yeah. I hear a lot of people as they get older to be like, I missed my chance. Yeah, you settle. Right. But no, no, because she wasn't, she didn't get that first, you know, hard hitting assignments until age 35. Uh, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, it's really. I, I also think of like um, Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. People talk about Morgan Freeman. You mm-hmm. know, the voice of God. Um, <laughs> he didn't start acting until he was in his forties or fifties. You know what I mean? Like, there's no such thing as like too late. Too old. Too there's late. There's such thing no. as the right opportunity. So it's like right. once that opportunity hits, right. whether you've been working on it forever or not, like she was working towards mm-hmm. it. But yeah, that's. And cool, I feel though. like once she, once she got started, she just. 
she just went with it and rolled with it. And it wasn't just for her and her own career advancement, but for women too. Yeah. Um, because she held so many firsts for women in, um, in the print press. Cool. Um, she was served as the president of the women's national press club. Um, and she also, so there was also the national press club that yeah, was men, men only. Oh, that was men. It was mm. men only. Mm. And until uh, Helen Thomas had her way and it was opened up. Um, But her very first thing she did with her fellow women was force them to the National Press Club to allow them to attend a speech by uh, Nikita Khrushchev. Ah. So they said, you know, this is an event put on by the National um, Press Club, but we're coming. Sweet. We're going to be there. (laughs) Exactly. Strength in numbers. Right. (laughs) Ladies, let's get information. Right. And I want to talk about some of the kind of other groundbreaking things that she did. Um, In 1907, the United Press International named Thomas their chief White House correspondent, making her the first woman to serve in this position. Oh, very cool. So the very first one to serve there. Um, One story I really loved I want to I want to give more details, but she basically convinced um, JFK to boycott the um, what's the thing where the journalists all get together and they get to make fun of the president? Oh, the White oh. House correspondents, correspondents dinner. dinner. Yeah, yeah, ah, yeah. Nice. So she got it. Didn't used to be open to women. Oh. So, yeah, did you, yeah. I had no idea. I just right? kind of always figured it should be open, but what else? No, it didn't used to be open. It was a boys club, okay. Got to it. women, it was a boys club, and she convinced JFK to say he wouldn't be attending it that year oh. unless they opened mm. it up to women. Nice. Yes. So, and that was, that was her work. She seems to kind of dare presidents almost, right. to like to do the right thing, to move forward with progress. I'm going to dare you to do the right thing. Let's see if you can go there. Oh, shaming it's them. right here. In 1962, Thomas convinced President Kennedy not to attend the annual dinners held for the White House correspondents and photographers if they disallowed women to attend. <laughs> so Kennedy moved for the dinners to be combined into one event that women were allowed to attend. So that was all her. Sweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she also became um, the first president of the Washington Press Course Club, which is the Gridion Club. I kind of heard it, but yeah. I never really knew. I just knew it was like White House related, but I couldn't tell you what the hell they did. <laughs> and she also served as the first female president of the White House Correspondents Association. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means they probably got to pick the roaster, the person who would roast <laughs> the other people. Roast, I don't know, <laughs> maybe. Um, and she also one kind of just classic thing to know about her is she also brought back the phrase "Thank you, Mr. President" is how mm. she would end her address, and it was something that um, was done during Franklin Franklin Roosevelt's time as president, oh, okay. and she just brought it back. Because that's, that's what like she thing. says in the movie Dave. She like says, thank you, Mr. President. Yeah, yeah, a couple of times. And that like, was oh. her like signature ending Aww. at the end of all of that. So really, she just had an amazing career. Um, but Longevity, too. Clearly a feisty lady. Yes. And in the end, that kind of, I think, took a turn for her. And I mean, let's not say in a bad way, because she voiced what she thought her true opinion and her passion. Right, exactly. Um, it just wasn't well received. Right. So the end of her career was really not like a graceful goodbye or fading. 
Um, it was some comments she made about the Israeli-Palestinians yeah. conflict, um, yeah. and really a lot of people saw them as anti-Semitic and yeah, were very offended by what she said. So um, because of that, she she lost. Um, kind of faded away. She, she did, yes. Um, so I mean, she chose to leave the White House correspondence when her company was taken over by somebody else. So again, asserting her mm-hmm. opinion, it was yeah. taken over by somebody that she felt would would be biased and wouldn't uphold the integrity. Right. So I think she has a lot of integrity. Exactly. Well, right. and then like, so like, Katie, you were worried about like, oh my gosh, I don't understand the Israeli, you know, Palestine conflict. And what did I say to you? Who really does? <laughs> it right. It is a very freaking complicated thing where it almost feels like you're going to anger one side or the other (laughs) if you have a you know what i mean a strong opinion one way or the other you're going to make an enemy on it so well and yeah that's certainly true no built on either and i was really trying to educate myself so i could kind of form my own opinion about the comments she had made right but it was just it was so deep and complex, but let's just say the majority of society was like, you know, you've gone too far to her. Gotcha. Um, but then I really liked this because we do run across a lot with our research of a double standard yes, for women. Absolutely. You um, get one chance and if you mess up on something, you're gone. And then that same behavior can be exhibited by a male colleague and it's not received in the same way. Yeah. Um, so there were a few people that did defend her and talked about the double standard um, that exists because we have this ultra-right-wing radio um, that uses bigotry and stereotypes and falsehoods directed against um, Muslims and Arabs all the time. Oh, yeah. And they get away with that, whereas she... Held to a different standard. Right. And it's like, wait, hold on a second. (laughs) One of the things she just straight up said is you cannot criticize Israel in this country and survive. Oh, okay. That was really at the core of her opinion was it shouldn't be that way. Right, exactly. So anybody should be able to voice their opinions about something without fear of, you know, retribution by kind of a... Right. I mean, there's there's lots of... Yeah, a social cultural group. Yeah, exactly. It is a difficult one, but at the same time, I can... I mean, I can see both sides of that. So it's like, ooh. Right, but yeah, she, she because of this fallout, it's really too bad. She lost um, a lot of uh, awards and grants and things like that that were in her honor. Oh, a lot of really? people pulled back, and and that happened. Yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, gracious. but I think I think she was Maybe living life back. how yeah. she wanted to, because my favorite quote I found by her was really talking about. Um, how she had to censor her speech for so long as a reporter um, for Mm -hmm. the White House. So after she retired, she said, I censored myself for 50 years when I was a reporter. Now I wake up and ask myself, who do I hate today? (laughs) And she did a lot of independent work and called people out and until the end was, you know, voicing her opinions and telling what she was her truth. Right. So I think she spent so much time, you know, asking people questions. You know what I mean? That was her job. This is what people's uh, other people's opinions are. This is what, you know, the the facts are. And I must report on that in, you know what I mean? It kind of 
um, uh, uh, what is it? I always mess up subjective and objective. You know what I mean? Whichever one is the one that's like the truthful one without emotion. <laughs> it's like all of us feeling our way through the English language. Exactly. I like that we talked about that <laughs> this month. Exactly. One of those. You know what we're saying, people. But also at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's um, it's finally, what are my emotions about, you know, something? What is my, you know, mm-hmm. uh, thought about what went down? What is my reflection on that? And to, but I, I mean, think about it. She was there from JFK to Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goodness gracious. Mm, right. <laughs> to try to keep it all stuff down you know this is not about me this is about you know the paper this is about the news this is about what they're talking about it's about the people's right to know what's going on in the government i think was always a huge part of what she wanted to contribute yeah what she wanted to be the ears and the eyes for people because she felt like our government needed that accountability yeah (laughs) but she couldn't be the voice and she couldn't be the you know what i mean try to try to sway opinion because she otherwise she would probably lose her job right right (laughs) and i think that's why at the end she was like "Mm, i'm i'm done i'm gonna tell you my thoughts my opinions and yeah i think there's only so long that you can keep your opinions and yourself and your voice to yourself without kind of (laughs) cracking like you can push that crap down as long (laughs) as you want but a girl's going to crack. <laughs> and then they're going to tell you straight. <laughs> Is she still alive? No, she died in 2016, I believe. Uh-huh. 2016, she was 2013. Older, she was 92 she when was she died. 92? Yeah. Okay, and honestly, I feel like she like never completely yeah. <laughs> stopped. She kind of toward, like, to the end was still putting her opinion out there. Let's see. So... She's kind of like an RBG. I was going to say, it'd be interesting to see what she would be saying now. Oh, right. I know. I don't think I I think this would have killed her. If she was still, (laughs) if she was still alive and saw the, uh, you know, the fake news, the Uh alternative facts, I think she would have straight died from that. (laughs) For sure. I, I saw a humorous quote by her saying that, if Dick Cheney ever ran for president, she would kill herself. Oh, God. <laughs> so what did she, she would just really kill herself. Yeah. Like I said, the censor was coming off there. I think that's cool, though. Yeah. I mean, she right. was, she held on to it as long as she could to keep that job. And now it's like, yeah, no, tell me what the behind the scenes were with some glorious reflection. And I'd be interested to read some of her books because I feel like that's where she went with some of those, too. Yeah. Is, um... I think at least a, one of them, maybe even two of them, are kind of like the behind-the-scenes impression mm-hmm. of different presidents, since she was there through yeah. so many different terms. That'd be cool and to so, see it through her perspective. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, for some reason, it made me think. Um, I have, uh, I have a Peter O'Toole's autobiography, and it's called "Loitering with Intent." And I mm-hmm. honestly, it's one of my my favorite like biography. Awesome. He's hilarious. <laughs> Um, in his book, he's very funny. You can tell he's probably drunk and dictating this to somebody (laughs) else to type it up. Um, but he talks about, uh, Lawrence of Arabia and it's really like, you know, it's coming from a film background and watching this, you know, epic masterpiece on screen. He's just ripping it apart. It's like, (laughs) it's really cool. You know what I mean? To see just another perspective from the, the glossed over finished, you know, polished, 
propaganda that it is you know right. what i mean to to have her perspective I feel like it's something real you're getting yeah exactly yeah. it really kind of um it adds dimension or i will bring back tiramisu because there's layers to yeah. shit there <laughs> bringing it around she is the tiramisu she, she was tiramisu yeah I wonder if she talked about, especially with JFK, if she has Marilyn Monroe gossip that we don't know. Oh. You know, I'm always down for some JFK Marilyn Monroe gossip. <laughs> we better investigate. I just added exactly. some book with onto the wish list with JFK and some other lady. Ooh, well, I'm, there's always some other lady. <laughs> some other lady. And I was like, I don't know anything about this other lady. Marilyn wasn't always available, Ooh. and Jackie wasn't always there. <laughs> Right, right. From what I hear, he was on a lot of pain pills and didn't sleep much. <laughs> well, I, I did watch um, I Helen Thomas's Daily Show interview. Yes. From John Stewart. 2006. Okay, yeah. yes. See? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she said that JFK was her favorite president. Oh, no. was that her favorite president? That she loved his idealism and the things he started, like the Peace Corps and mm-hmm. his vision and energy. So, oh, that's her favorite. That's her favorite. <laughs> He's her favorite. Bonnie, do you have any questions? And I was just wanting to know if she's still alive, pretty much. Gotcha. And like, right? Like, I was like, I'm waiting for like no. her. To... Oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine mm-hmm. what she'd be thinking now. Exactly. <laughs> I love right. it. Now I have more information because I always. It was so terrible of me. I always thought of her. I'm like, it's the old babushka-looking woman in the White House press thing. Um, And I'm like, that's not a good... Like, I should know her name. I should know who she writes for. You know, I should know more about So I appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Dropping the knowledge on the Helen Thomas. (laughs) Absolutely. It was very interesting and delightful to explore her story. And I do want to hear more. Yeah, it's exactly. interesting. Got to read some books. I know. That's why I tell myself all the time. Exactly. We'll get on it. Well, sometime. sometime. <laughs> so, well, thank you guys for letting me share that with you. You are very welcome. I will go ahead and wrap us up for this week. Yes. So glad we could get together and do this. Yay. Yay. All right. Join us next week for our, when our next gal pal shares her one cool thing as Gal Guides the Galaxy podcast continues. Thanks for listening. For show notes, links, and images from this week's show, visit galsguide.org. Want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers? Become a Gals Guide patron today. Thanks for listening.